I'm up there. I got, I got fat, Kyle. I got fat. And that's why Jake called me fat. They say home is where the heart is. So I wonder why your motherfucker always feeling heartless. Welcome to episode 47 of Doubly Negative. As always, I'm Chris here with my friend Kyle. Kyle, how are you? I'm okay, Chris. You know, I'm doing a lot better than I was. You want to know why, Kyle? Because I thought you were dead. Uh, why did you think that? I hadn't heard from you in a couple days. I text, I, I messaged the doubly negative chat with you, Jake, and myself. Mm-hmm. You hadn't answered or seen it. And then I was like, all right, that's a little weird. So I messaged you again, and it took another day for you to respond. Now, I know I, I, know I sound crazy here, but this is the mind of someone with anxiety. So you not answering, my mind immediately went to... He's been kidnapped by the Indonesian government, which is not interesting, the fact that they would be involved in your life whatsoever for any reason. Or you were dead in a ditch somewhere, and I was was stressed out, and I felt a sense of relief come over me when you said, my bad, I suck at phones. Now, uh, I want to say that that it, it is unusual for me to not respond like that, so I will... I won't call you crazy, but did your mind really go to those places? It was it, it crossed my mind. And I, I it's because I care about you, Kyle. I hope you're touched by what I'm saying here. I, I am a bit. I feel like Ollie. Yeah, I was I was worried for you. I, I was worried for your well-being. I almost reached out to Tika to say, hey, I haven't heard from Kyle in a few days. Is he okay? Get some more information just to know you were all right. Well, I, I am touched, Chris, but uh, no, I was not kidnapped or, or anything like that. I was just, uh, yeah, I got sick, and uh, I got into one of those moods where I guess it's like um, when people say it. When people say it to me, I always think it's bullshit, but uh, I, I don't remember seeing the messages. So what, what I think happens when, when that happens to people you open your phone, you look at it, and you're just you're just in in no mood, or you have no cognitive ability, and you actually forget that you saw it, or you even think you responded. And uh, like like I said, I hate when people say that to me because I always think it's bullshit. But yeah. that's that's what happened. No, and here's the thing: we speak strictly on Instagram. Mm-hmm. That's what's and it a- didn't even it didn't even say seen at this time which it usually does which is why i was concerned if i had said if it had said seen at this time i would have said maybe i said something that pissed him off but i don't remember what it was and that would have racked my brain for even longer oh no no nothing like that exactly but it didn't even say that you read it so i assumed the indonesian government was doing tests on you or or the U.S. government had picked you up for your takes on COVID, and they just eliminated you. Well, that did happen, but that only took a couple hours. That was resolved. Yes, and now you and Dr. Fauci are cool. Yep, yep. Now, I also, um, I don't know. You don't use WhatsApp, do you? No. No, no, no. See, this is, uh, I, I got to take full responsibility for this, but I, I view um, Instagram as not important when when I'm like communication, I think you're the only person that I really talk to only on Instagram. Um, so that's another contributing factor, which again is is not really an excuse. It's kind of a shitty reason, but it is it is a reason. 
No, it's understandable because I feel the same way. For some reason, if I get messages on Twitter, I mm-hmm. get pissed off. Yeah. Because I don't like the notification bubble. Um, for some reason, it doesn't bother me on Instagram. It's mainly Twitter where it pisses me off. And I want to say this right now. If it makes your life easier, I will download WhatsApp. It's nothing extra for me. Oh, and wow. Really? Yeah, I'll download WhatsApp. Yep. Oh, really? That's so nice of you. I'll download it right now. How's that? That's cool. Yeah, you should anyway. It's a good messaging system. But um, but yeah, the actually, only person even, I know uh, that I would message on. I, I've turned notifications on Instagram off. I don't. Uh, I don't know why I did that exactly. I just. I, I think there's been a lot of times in my life over the last few years where I've decided that I don't like Instagram, and I've yeah. like I, I've deleted it a couple times and I've stopped using it a couple times. But I just. I don't know. I, I don't like it in general, even though I do use it regularly. And, I, and again, it's not like uh, I'm not going to go as far as to say I didn't see your message. It's just I definitely did, and I didn't respond. And I'm I'm an asshole. I apologize. You're not an asshole. You're just you know dealing with real life stuff, and I understand completely. I'm I'll just glad you. you're not dead. Well, thank all. you, Chris. So I'm setting up WhatsApp now. It's asking me for my phone number. Is WhatsApp owned by Facebook? Yeah, there's Probably. a pretty there's a pretty good documentary about WhatsApp too, but uh but yes, the the founder of WhatsApp was super interested in privacy and everything and made it free. That's why it got so popular and then he sold out. He sold it to Facebook and I uh I forget the entire documentary, but he called it like one of the worst decisions of his life. Um he probably would still make a lot of money. He made a ton of money. Um but he 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 thought it it totally went against his uh, beliefs, and it's it's not private anymore. Anything owned by Facebook is not private. They tanked their mm-hmm. stock. I think Zuckerberg lost like eighty billion dollars in one day. What? Uh, as a result of what? I have no idea. I just heard this, and I I mean, like most of the stuff we say, not backed by any independent research. I think I saw so, something about that too. Yeah, and he's just like, "Hey, don't panic, everybody. Everything's fine." It's like you just lost eighty billion dollars. Oh yeah, I saw uh, probably a related article, but something about how um, I guess Facebook's been getting new users month after month. Like th- their total number of users has always been increasing, and and last month was the first month that it went down uh, ever. Because I feel like so everyone's pro- got it already. So like, <laughs> like yeah, what's going on here? Kind of surprising that that hadn't happened already. But yeah, that that might yeah, have the- to do with it. The Russian troll farms need to start making more accounts. Have you heard about those, by the way? Yeah. Yeah, that's been a story for a while, right? Yeah, but some of the most popular pages on Facebook are just like Russian troll farms. Like some of the, like, I think it's five of the top ten, like, Christian support groups on Facebook are run by just Russian trolls. Man, that's got to be so embarrassing if, like, that's your favorite page. And then you find out it's not even run by a real person. It's just... It's Putin's henchman. Some machine knows what an idiot like you wants to see, so they just compile it and... uh. And a lot of people have fallen for it. I think um, one of the articles I read said one of these pages reached half of the world's population. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. And it's just a Russian troll. That's fantastic. Speaking of other countries doing things that are hilarious before we started recording i had brought up china and their releasing of fight club Mm. and you hadn't heard about this prior but no the ending of fight club so 
I mean, it's been, what, 20 years now? I feel like we can say what the ending of Fight Club is. Yeah? Yeah, if you haven't watched Fight Club already and you don't want to get spoiled, then don't listen to the next minute or something. But also, if you haven't watched Fight Club yet, go fuck yourself. So at the end of Fight Club, all the credit card buildings explode, the world is released of debt, and then it cuts to black. Yeah, it's a very uh, anti-establishment movie. So the main character is trying to buck the system. So yeah, they, they blow up all the credit card companies. Yes. But this movie recently got released in China. And the ending is a little different. So at the end of the Chinese version, the credit card buildings do not blow up. Instead, it cuts to some text on the screen. And this is word for word what it says. Through the clue provided by Tyler, the police rapidly figured out the whole plan and arrested all criminals, successfully preventing the bomb from exploding. After the trial, Tyler was sent to a lunatic asylum, receiving psychological treatment. He was discharged from the hospital in 2012. And that's the Chinese ending. Um, <laughs> I'm still it's so at- funny. <laughs> It's so funny. <laughs> I'm still looking at the article. I want to find where where that happens. Like, where, 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 at what point of the movie do they cut the real ending and then put that in? Is it, it after the fight? Like, like, Tyler's fighting Tyler. It has to be Tyler. after the fight. Yeah. When he's talking to Marla. Was that her name, Marla? Yeah, it's yeah. Marla. Marla Singer. Yeah. So it has to be, like, right before everything happens. He must... Tyler must beat Tyler, and then it just cuts to to black, oh. and it shows this text. It's so funny. There's so many funny parts of this. Like first, it's the, the movie's 20 years old. So why now? Why even show the movie? I, I don't yeah, know. It, I feel like we're moving closer to something like this, too. Yes. Yes, I think so. Well, the reason I um, I said let's talk about it on the podcast, I have something not interesting to tell you about Indonesia. Um, they do that. They do that here, too. Um, but with, like, kind of strange. So whenever they show Western movies on uh, the basic cable channels, they'll cut out really weird seemingly innocent things for example two characters making out with each other or, or even innocent kisses um the the you'll see a movie and it, usually you can notice it if even if it's a movie you haven't seen because there's just a very jarring cut for example uh, two main characters will be on the beach and then they're about to kiss and then all of a sudden you're in a new scene and it's it, you can just tell that that's not correct and then um they'll blur uh, again, on the beach, if a woman's in a bikini, they'll censor the top half of her. She's still there. The, they haven't cut the scene, but it's they're censoring her her torso. And it's it's all very poorly done. Sometimes they'll censor one girl and not another girl. It's just it's very strange, the censoring that they do here. That really is super fucked up. Mm. And if you think about it, like everyone here is like, why can guys show their nipples, but girls not show their nipples? It's just 100% to an extreme over there where it's like not even a bikini. We can't even see cleavage. Yeah. It's like very sacred and way over-sexualized. 
and then you could um you could say the same thing about the u.s too because uh i don't know how much of it's true anymore but i remember this was a thing 10 years ago or maybe 15 years ago but um british television will show tits um and they can say whatever they want but but the u.s censors a lot of things uh on regular cable so it's just like different levels of it and in the u.s you're um you're used to this level, but if you go to Indonesia, this seems stupid and crazy. But maybe someone coming from England to America would think the same thing, watching uh, like Casino with Joe Pesci and hearing every uh, – yeah, doesn't the U.S. do that thing where they, they'll change the word fuck for another word? Yeah. What the frick? And it's like way off, not the same tone of voice. What what the flow or something like yeah. that. So <laughs> that that's just as goofy but on a different level, so – yeah, but it's what in we're general. used to, mm. you know. That's why it doesn't seem as crazy because that's just how it's been. Oh, there's a there's a great example. Um, because this song comes on at my gym now, even though it also is super old. That uh, is that Akon. It's like um, locked up. The won't let me out. It's like I want to love you, uh, but but oh. really the song is like I want to fuck you. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the probably brand song. new over there, by the way. Yeah, the whole <laughs> it like song's just came meaning. out in Indonesia. <laughs> the whole the whole song's meaning is "I want to fuck you," right? Yeah. But they change it to "I want to love you," and, and that started in the U.S. That that's what was played on the on all the radio. Stations. That was on the radio. I want to yep. love you. Um. So that that's just as goofy. It really is goofy as hell. It's funny. We gotta. We we can't hear swears. We can't see boobs. We can see guys' nipples. We can't see boobs though because they're a little bit bigger. Yep. Like, and what's the difference between me, this fat fuck, coming out there and showing my titties? I got at least an A cup right now. Yeah. What's the difference? I don't know, man. That's uh. There is a difference though, right? Or is that just in our minds because of those years of conditioning? That's in our minds because of those years of conditioning. Of course, right? Yeah. World's not ready for tits to be on TV. Why not? I'll tell you what, we're fucking ready. I'm ready. No more Skinamax. Put it on fucking cable. Oh, you watched those movies before? Oh, dude, I was a big Skinamax guy back when I was uh, my early teen years. Oh, they're so goofy. Uh, you, you tell your experience. I mean, not much of an experience. It's just, you know, I had Cinemax as a kid. I'm up a little late. You think I'm not scrolling to that channel? You're out of your fucking mind. Well, if we're talking about the same movies, then there's one very silly thing they do. Do you know the name? Oh, well, it's all softcore. It was all softcore. Meaning? No insertion. Yes. And that no means... No actual yes. pictures of genitalia. So the, the stupidest part for me was... You'll see the the man and the woman or, or whoever they're in, in the bed or on the couch or whatever, and you can tell they're not having sex because the way their bodies are lined up, it just does not anatomically work. No, um, but they're pretending to have sex unless your dick's curved. Yeah, that's so weird. It's so funny. I even remember one of the titles. It actually just popped in my head. Does this mm -hmm. name ring a bell? Witches of Breastwick. I never, I never saw that one, unfortunately. I saw it multiple times. Mm. Yep. <laughs> dude, I don't, dude, the Skinamax, that was all we had. That was uh, all we had. 
I just remembered where I watched the majority of my Skinamax films, and this is uh, this is bad. <laughs> but um, I can't uh, wait to hear it. Well, I used to work for the Marriott hotels, uh, the the Spring Hill Suites <laughs> Marriott in Warwick, and uh, I, I would enjoy many Skinamax films during my shifts there overnight. <laughs> <laughs> so you tell me you got you got paid to masturbate? Many many times, Chris. <laughs> oh, what a job! Ever ever told you about that job? No. Oh, dude, it was. I feel like I, I remember oh, you working there, but I haven't heard any stories. Oh, dude, I was an epically bad employee. So, yeah. um, go on. Oh my god! I mean, I you got paid I to never told you. I can't wait. So, Steve got hired there first, and then I was hired shortly thereafter. But, um. I think my official job title was like maintenance. So ostensibly, I'm supposed to be going around and fixing the problems there in the rooms. Now, the problem is I don't know how to fix anything and nobody ever taught me to fix anything. So for a while, I was just kind of a normal bad employee. I was being lazy. I would go, th- I would go pretend to fix things or whatever. But then I got switched to the overnight shift. And when I was on the overnight shift, I had nothing to do. Uh, sometimes I drove the van. I drove guests to and from the airport or to restaurants or whatever. But 99% of the time, it was just me and then the front desk person. So we got two employees in the whole place. And I, I don't have anything to do. So the first thing I would do every single night I went in was I would say, hey, can you give me a list of the unoccupied rooms? Um, I'm going to go fix some things. And, You're just scoping out rooms to masturbate in. Yes. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so the key is, this is the beautiful thing. They have, there was three types of rooms listed on the sheet. There's the occupied rooms. Don't want those. There's the clean rooms. Don't want those. There's the recently vacated, quote unquote, dirty rooms. That's what I want. Now, some of the rooms were legitimately dirty, but most of them were not because most of them uh, the, the cleaning crew had already gone in, but they hadn't finalized. So I could go in there and do whatever I wanted and it would never get caught because the room was dirty, so to speak, but it wasn't really dirty. So I could sleep in the bed. I could have parties. I had friends over all the time. A- every single night I would just wow. go into an unoccupied room and just pretend I was a guest. What a job. What were they paying you? If you don't mind me asking. Uh, it wasn't much. I think it started at 10 an hour and ended at like 12 or 13 an hour. But how old were you in what uh, year? I mean, that's that's decent if you're... I think, no, it was very not. decent uh, at the time. I think, um, I think I just graduated high school and I did it for like four years on and off. Yeah, and you had no bills at the time. Yep. So, I mean, that's just money in the bank. Dude, and they had, uh, they had the... Um, the kitchen right because they make the breakfast they make the cookies so again i would i would go in i would get the list of rooms and then i would go into the kitchen i would make myself cookies uh bagels whatever i dude i brought my xbox in one time and uh actually many times hooked it up to the tv i smoked a lot of weed there oh it's just it's fantastic steve and i would get drunk there often you're gonna get a fucking call from marriott incorporated we know you're listening, Marriott. Ah, fuck a them. Long time ago. That's so funny. That's fantastic. What a job. No, it was I, absolutely brilliant. I had a similar job where I was maintenance and didn't know how to fix things. It was at some like condo complex. And I worked with one other guy, and it was someone that was younger than I am. We were both super young. 
and it was the guy who ran the place's son. So we would do fucking nothing all day. We mm-hmm. we got caught playing like wall ball. We were so bored, we were just throwing a ball at a wall and playing wall ball. <laughs> well, what are you but supposed no, to be doing? Just stuff. That was pretty much my job description, stuff. Right. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. so many jobs, right? Yeah, but you would think with so many jobs there would be stuff to do, but no, there wasn't. Well, that's what I ended up kind of thinking about my job too was maybe they didn't really need me to do much. They just needed a body there. They just needed... I mean, you were there for four years, and all you did was smoke weed, play Xbox, and masturbate. Basically, man... They just man, needed someone to fill the role. That's I'm exaggerating all. a little bit, but not much. Most, the vast majority of the nights I worked there, I would do an hour of work or less. And that included, like, I would mop the floor, I would take out the trash... I would fix a couple light bulbs. And, and to be fair, I did respond to guests. So if it was something that I could fix easily, I would. But there's only like a couple things I could fix easily. The worst was when um, the air conditioners were legitimately broken. And then I had to pretend I fixed it. And I knew they were going to call back. And then after a few times, we would just move them or whatever. But um, but yeah, mostly I did nothing. Fantastic. I missed that job. Well, I mean, yeah, how could you not? Yeah. I mean, what a, what a life. Oh, man. Oh, man. Thinking back on just, like, jobs we had as children, I used to umpire for kids back in the day, and I was just slightly older than the kids I was umpiring for. Really? Yeah. And I was, like, 13, and I had some dad just scream at me. And I have had a temper. It was worse before. I I control it a little bit now. But I used to have a really bad temper. I had some guy screaming at me. I'm a 13-year-old kid umpiring for, like, 9-year-olds. So first off, Dad, chill. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing out here. And it was because his son was up the plate. And Of course. Newsflash, his son sucked. I remember the kid, that pasty fuck. His dad was a pasty fuck, too. And he's screaming at me. So I literally took my gear off and I threw it at the fence where he was standing, like at really? him. And I said, "You want to come do the fucking job?" I didn't really? swear. I'm exaggerating. Yeah, I said, "You want to come call the po- you want to come call the game? Come out here and do it." Wow. So you had some balls. I I think I was just so mad. I because I don't have balls. I'm sackless. They're in my stomach when it comes to situations like that normally. But I was so aggravated that this asshole was harassing me because his son sucked at the sport he was paying for him to play. Yeah. So shut the fuck up. Well, that's that's a stressful job, man. Yeah. And and yeah. I was getting paid like 10 bucks for a game, and it was like five hours. Because the kids can't hit. The kids yeah. can't field. Yeah. They all suck. Yeah, and that's no secret that uh, parents get way too invested in children's sports, and, and baseball specifically. I don't know about the other ones, but I played baseball, uh, and, and everybody knows it. They even made a South Park episode about it, but... The, the parents of baseball kids are awful. What's this? Is, is this in America? Well, yeah. we're out of America. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny. I, I'll never forget. He says that when he's in Mexico. And it's so funny. Yep. Well, I thought this is America. That's and he's in Mexico. Episodes. Brilliant. <laughs> it's so good. Um, yeah, dude, it's, it's but, was stressful. I ended up quitting playing because it was such a toxic environment. I remember because the thing about like soccer or whatever is if you make a mistake it's forgotten relatively quickly because the game is still moving um i'm sure there's a lot of examples if if the goalie lets a goal whatever but baseball if you make a mistake it's the focus of attention 
for that moment and then for moments after and I, it was so toxic like all the other kids like uh and then all the parents like what the fuck like oh it was yeah. awful i would cry after for example like trying to catch a ball and dropping it and dude ugh. such anxiety yeah oh. it was awful i was the same way dude because i i was not really good at baseball either i was on the small field but when you know you hit 13 you go to the big field i was just fucking bad i was yep. terrible at me baseball. too I was not and good. Anytime a ball was hit to me or I was up to bat, I'm shitting my pants on the inside. I'm so fucking nervous because I don't want to look like an asshole. Because exactly. it really is true. All that pressure is on you. No one is looking at anything but you in that moment. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever see that movie uh, Moneyball? I started it. It was one of those movies that I started at like midnight. Too tired. Started watching, and I got halfway through it, but it's a pretty long movie. But from what I saw, I was really enjoying it. Oh, it's an excellent movie, but uh, the, the reason I brought I mean, it Brad up... Brad Pitt. Yeah, yeah, and, and Chris Pratt was in it, too, before he was big, I think. Or maybe he was already, but I never knew who he was. But anyway, he's he was playing... big physically, but not in Hollywood. <laughs> he, he's playing first base, and they... Scott uh... Hatterberg. That's the character he plays. He plays Scott Hatterberg. Good memory. How did you, know... you get that? Because I remember Scott Hatterberg playing first base for the A's. Yeah. And then I remember that coming up in the movie when I watched it. But yes, That's right. Scott Hatterberg. Uh, well, he was not experienced at first base, I think. And uh, they, and he, he had a lot of anxiety, and, and the coach could tell. And he asked him, well, what are you worried about? And he says, I think they said, like, what is the thing you're most worried about? And he says, any ball being hit in my general direction. And the coach laughs. Yeah, okay, I do remember that line. Uh, the coach laughs, and he goes, no, seriously. And I remember having that same feeling just at the beginning of every play. I'm, I'm sitting, I'm standing there in the, in the, uh, the infield. I was playing second base mostly. And every single time someone came up to bat, I was just like, please don't hit it to me. Please don't hit it to me. Please don't hit it to me. Because even if I could successfully field it like 80 or 90% of the time, that one mistake would be awful. And it, oh, just terrible. We weren't playing the percentages in our head. Because like you said, you could play it successfully 90% of the time. But what about if you don't? Yep. And that makes that percentage of you doing it 90% of the time just drop. Exactly. Yep. Because you're just overthinking it. And not only do you have to field it, you also have to throw it to the person successfully. Yep. And do it faster. Yeah. So yeah. kids' sports are tough. They can fuck you up. Ah, oh, They really can, man. I wasn't cut out for it after a certain – maybe baseball just wasn't my sport. But, but basically the same as you. I was uh, – or, or maybe everybody thought they were good on the small field because I, I remember thinking I was good. Like I was a good player. And then we got to the – I don't even remember what it was called. I think it was like Little League and then it was called oh, something fuck. else. Babe Ruth? What was it? Babe Ruth. It was Babe Ruth. Yes. Yeah. As soon as we got to Babe Ruth, I fucking hated it. And not not in small part because of a couple demons that could throw really fast fastballs. Uh, Ryan Dude. Bell. Ryan Bell could absolutely throw heat. And then DiLorenzo too. Jeff DiLorenzo threw really fast pitches. But the thing about Ryan Bell was that he would hit kids very often. He hit me a number of times, and it hurt so bad. So Dude, not only was am I worried about making mistakes. Yeah, it, that sucks, man. You're not cut out for that yeah. as a kid. I'm not getting paid yeah, for this it, shit. It's like this kid can throw heat for his age. I got fucking ruined by this kid. He threw it so hard to hit me right in the quad. Yeah. And I wanted to cry so bad. But like I said game. before... 
everyone's watching you too. You can't cry. You just gotta rub some dirt on it. Walk it I off. Was Walk limping. it off. Walk yeah, it off. Rub Chris. some dirt on it, kid. Yeah. No. I'm. I can't. This fucking hurts. I had a bruise the size of my fucking head on my quad. I was like, I can't believe. What am I doing out here? Those kids could absolutely throw faster than seventy miles an hour when they were like thirteen or fourteen, and m- maybe even faster than that. I'm not sure. But there was this kid. His last name was uh, Lynch. I yeah. just remembered. I think he was a Hendrickin kid. And Lynch, I know you're listening. You scared the shit out of me when you were on the mound. Yeah. So much so, when I was in the batter's box, he would throw the ball. And before he threw the ball, I was backing out of the box and then yeah. walking back forward. Like, okay, it's not close to me. I can go back forward and swing. So I was, I had happy feet in the box, dude. And I don't know. You're doing happy Gilmore for, for baseball. <laughs> yeah, except I was walking like backwards out of the box and not backwards to just get more torque behind the swing because I was a oh. pussy. But there are some kids, I think that might just be people like us where we have that anxiety where, all right, whatever, I'm just going to swing. If I fuck up, I fuck up. But for people like you and I, we're worried about fucking up and people seeing us fuck yep. up. How could you not be a pussy though? You're you're a kid. And... No, but there are some people that just don't have that in their brain, oh, man. I don't think. There are some people that don't have that, obviously. I mean, there are plenty of people that are successful in baseball. I mean, where do you think all these pros come from? Those are the people that aren't pussies in Babe Ruth like us. Well, maybe, I don't know, I'm trying to give myself and, and you some credit here, but maybe that transition where the kids are throwing heat is just really hard. It's got to be hard for a lot of people. They're throwing 70-mile-an-hour fastballs, and you're just not ready for it. Oh, it sucks. Yeah, and I think let's just blame our parents. They didn't train us properly. And puberty hits some kids differently, man. And I, I was I was a normal kid. I, I grew at a normal rate. But Ryan Bell in particular, that kid was on PEDs or something. That kid was way too big and way too strong. And he was a wild pitcher, too. He wasn't even that good. He, he hit kids every game. Not accurate, but could throw a fuck. He had gas, dude. Oh, so fast. I guess we were probably a year apart, right? Uh, Yeah, I would say so. I don't, so we, we weren't playing with the same kids, I think. No, I didn't meet you until high school. Wait, no. were you a junior when I was a freshman? Uh, I graduated 2009. What year did I graduate? No, dude. No, you graduated the year. I graduated I remember, 06. Because you remember the picture. I sent it to you not that long ago when I posted it on my story of the mm-hmm. cross-country like senior supper. And it was freshmen and seniors. You were in the senior pick with Griff. I was in the freshman pick. But I graduated 06. Yeah, so wait a minute. Maybe it was just varsity and JV then. It was yeah, I think varsity. so. I think so. It had to be. Damn. That's crazy. Think about it. We've known each other since 2006. We're in 2022. Yeah. Time flies. And now we're talking about nonsense on a podcast. Yeah, now we're, we're talking about depression and our journey through therapy. Thanks dicks. a lot, Mr. Warner. What the hell did you do for us? <laughs> Mr. Warner. I wonder how he's doing. Yeah, I wonder I how he's thinking, doing. Yeah. He was always a good guy. Such a good guy. Hope he's doing well. He's probably retired by now. Has to be. I only saw him lose his temper a handful of times, but when he did, it was a switch. Because and it was probably because you and Griff were fucking off. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it was totally <laughs> deserved. But uh, yeah. I, he's a saint to, to deal with what he dealt with. Just... Yeah. Uh, Like 20 kids that don't want to follow the rules and then some really charismatic guys that are making all the other kids not follow the rules. Exactly. A a nightmare, an absolute nightmare. And and sometimes when he lost his temper, it was was a different person. Dude, I'll never forget 
you and I don't know if I should say his name, DD had beef. DD. Oh, that motherfucker. Yeah. And we were all gathered in like the front of the gymnasium and you guys were just wrestling. I think you had <laughs> agreed to just like wrestle and not punch each other. Yep. It wasn't like an actual fight where punching was involved. Yeah, we did that a number of times. But it, you guys were going at it in the front. And I remember it getting super heated. And I was like, oh, man, what's going to happen? <laughs> just just know even then we weren't close, but I was pulling for you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we called that the gauntlet. Um, yes, it was the had, gauntlet. <laughs> we, yes. Had, we had a name for our informal MMA sessions. And it wasn't just me yeah. and him. There were, a bunch of us would do it from time to time. And it was my favorite part of the sport was fighting the other kids. <laughs> Same team. A couple of disagreements. It's like, all right, you're going to the gauntlet. Were you there when he bit me? I don't know. I think I was. Wasn't that what started it all? I don't think so. But we went to, um, what was that big race? Like the biggest race of the year? Thetford? Was, was it the it? CVS 5K? No, no. It, we, we went uh, like to New Hampshire. Was it Thetford? Do you remember that name? Oh, Thetford. Yes, I do. I don't know if I ever went because I was always trash at uh, running. But yeah, maybe I think well, I remember hearing Thetford. Well, we were there and we were doing the same thing. We were wrestling for some reason or another. And like you said, we, we legitimately did not like each other, but it was fairly controlled. But um, I, I, I had him pinned or something like that. I was definitely winning and he bit me and I just got so mad. And I, I just remember he bit me. This guy bit yeah. me. What a bitch. Fucking Mike Tyson. I, I really hated that kid. Yeah. He ended up going into MMA afterwards. That's kind of funny, right? Yeah, I don't. A, he's not doing it still. I don't think he used to go with Officer J, the guy, the the school officer. Yeah, that was the big, uh, the, the big gossip or whatever. Like, oh, do you know he's an MMA fighter now? Uh, that was a while ago, though. But not actually an MMA fighter. Just you know, signed up at a gym and did the cage fights. But um, wow. Yeah, I, sh- I should. I should say. I don't. I just remember really not liking him for that and maybe a couple other things. I think we did get along maybe more often than not, but I really didn't like him when he bit me, of course. Oh, well, yeah, obviously. That's Luis Suarez-esque. Eh, I can't really remember anything else. Was, it, was there anybody else that you really did not like? Um, I don't know. No, not on the cross-country team. I was always like the low man on the totem pole just because I was so bad at running. So I couldn't afford to dislike anybody. I just You're had to not win everybody waves. over. Yeah. Yeah, I had to win everybody over because I was so bad at running. What about in high school in general? Did you have any nemesis or just some some guy you really didn't like? Oh, I had a handful. Oh, yeah. I had a handful. Yeah, and I can hold a grudge like a motherfucker. I'll still think back on some like certain kids and say, "Oh, fuck that guy. You're a prick." Who's the like, who's well, the main one? You don't have to say his name, but you could describe him, or, or or it could be bleeped out. There was no reason for me to dislike this kid. I we just didn't get along. We didn't vibe, and it always felt like they were talking shit. So I was like, "All right, fuck this guy. You're a piece of shit." So I oh I still hold on to that. So I can't even imagine for kids that were bullied in school how they feel about that person now, and yep. people saying, "Oh, just let it go, let it go," but they put me through so much emotional. I'm not saying me myself. I'm saying from the stance of someone that was bullied, so much emotional pain and discomfort. Yep. Why let it go? Because I'm holding on to something where I wasn't bullied, but 
I just didn't like this kid because we didn't vibe. And I still, when I hear the name, I'm like, oh, fuck that guy. So yep. I can't imagine for someone that went through like severe bullying. Well, thank, I don't want that person dead. Th- thank God it ended for me. Um, I don't think I experienced that once I got into high school or maybe a little bit of junior high too. But, but I, I think I talked about it in the podcast that I did in uh, elementary school. Absolutely. And yeah, yeah. I, st- I still hate that guy. And there's, there's another one I just thought of. Um, I fucking hate that guy too. Tell us about it. Uh, Mike, you know that kid? Fuck that guy. You know him? I know the name. I don't remember. I can't put a face to it. Was he super jacked? Um, he was pretty fat and then a little bit jacked. Oh, yeah, he, he was I'm a wrestler. Yeah, I haven't thought right, about so... I haven't thought about him in so long, but I just remembered now. I just uh... Jake bleep out the name. Yeah, but I'm gonna look into it right now. I have to see this fuck's face. Does he have a Facebook? Oh, because I think he was uh, a crony of Steve, and he was also an asshole to me. Um, he threw heat in baseball. Didn't yes, he? yeah, definitely, definitely. I haven't thought about him in so long either. But that was always—I don't know. Oh, fuck that kid too. You know I'm him? on his Facebook right now. Yeah. I remember him. He threw heat. Bleep his name out too. Fuck that kid. I always hated because you got the main bully and of course you hate him. But then you have the crony who doesn't even think for himself and they're just now I I know Mike. I know who you're talking about. Mike. Fuck that kid too. They were such cocky pricks. Oh man. The worst. We're we're talking about people from the early 2000s and we're holding on to it. Fuck you guys. Just douchebags. Just. I don't remember anything positive about them. I just remember them being douchebags. They could be really nice kids now, but fuck them. How did you look them up, by the way? Facebook. Uh. I looked up Steve first. I didn't find Mike, but I found Steve. And uh, I went through his, his our friends, and I was like, all right, I'm already seeing names that I hate here. Mike is easy to find. He's a, he's a junior we're gonna have to. to uh, name, we're gonna have to bleep this whole thing, or maybe just remove it. But uh, I sent, no, no, no. We we can bleep it. I, I just sent you the picture of of his wedding. Apparently, that 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 jogs my memory. I don't know if you know him. He wasn't super yeah, no, popular. I, or anything. No, but he he was a cocky kid. He used to always walk around like he was the toughest, like toughest shit. Yeah, but he's a real idiot too. Not smart. Yeah, you don't have to cut this out, Jake. But just bleep the fucking names. Fuck that guy. No way that marriage is successful. No way. <laughs> Can't be. He could be a nice guy now. Found Jesus. Uh, we've we've really gotten off the rails on this one, huh? Yeah, no, it's okay. It's kind of us just... Chris and Kyle reminisce. That's the title of this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Well, um, I did there... have... Uh... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 you go. Well, if yours is related to the topic at all, uh, I'm just going to switch gears. Yeah, let's switch gears. Well, um, yeah, so back back to the beginning of the podcast, you were saying you thought I was dead and whatever, and I said it was because of my mood and whatever, and I also got um, I got a little bit sick. I, I would say it was just a cold, but um, I went to the, the running group, and I sprained my ankle too, actually, uh, because we were running oh. through like marsh and uneven terrain. A, a bunch of people sprained their ankles in the same run. There's like... Uh, 30 40 people running and i know of at least five that sprained their ankles and i did too and then the day after i came down with something 
nothing real bad. Like I said, just like a little bit of fever, just my body didn't feel good. And then I developed a cough, which I still have a little bit, but only if I breathe really deep. But um, anyway, that just stops the gym and stops all motivation and makes you lay in bed. And uh, and it sucked. And then um, Tika and I had a little disagreement yesterday about this and uh it's nothing that i'm holding on to especially not with her it's not it's not a personal thing but this is a a question that's even more important now than ever but i want to get your thoughts on it so yesterday i still had a little bit of the cough but i didn't feel sick anymore and it's just that residual yeah yeah so i wanted to go to the gym and she just said i don't think you should do that you're you don't want to spread it to other people so then I Googled how long do how long are you contagious with a cold? And, and Google says two to four days, but it can last up to two weeks. So she says, well, wait one more day. And I'm just I just can't stop thinking that we, we don't even know if I'm contagious. If we really want to be absolutely sure we have to wait two weeks, do other people really do that? I don't know. I just had all these thoughts about how. I totally understand her position and maybe her position is morally correct, but it just doesn't sit well with me. And, and I wanted to get your thoughts about that. Like, is there a rule, uh, especially in jujitsu? I think it's more, even more relevant. You're not supposed to go when you're sick, of course, but how long do you have to wait? Well, what is, what is the etiquette? What is the, the rule around that? I feel like it's different now with COVID as far as, especially because even if I know I'm not sick, and say I have a sneeze coming on just randomly, I feel like people are staring at me. Like, what are you doing out? You just sneezed. You must have it. So there's this whole new stigma around. I don't know if stigma is the right word. Maybe it is. Yeah. Um, just, oh, you have a symptom. Even if it's just a sneeze or like a residual cough like you have, people just assume the worst and they think, okay, I don't want to catch it because there's a heightened state of paranoia around catching COVID. Exactly. Yeah. And, and there's that, but then there's also the personal responsibility where when we've talked about this before, like if you spread it, you're, you're an asshole. Right. And, and I do think that's valid, but I just, I don't understand how long you're supposed to wait. If, if we even know how long you're supposed to wait. And this doesn't even, this is definitely applies to COVID, but all sicknesses. So, so, so what's your rule? Would you go to the gym uh, the day you feel better or would you wait another day or do you Google it or do you even worry about it? Uh, I, I, I'm really at a loss. I, I don't know what, what's right. Well, we've talked about this before. So when you're Googling something, you can always find something that supports your opinion and something that goes against your opinion. Right. Whether it's diet, whether it's uh, political news. You can find something that's going to contradict what another article right above it says is okay. Right. So there's no right answer. It's just, it's tough because if you're feeling fine, you've had the cough for a few days, it's kind of done with. If you're asking me, I say, just go and do your thing. That's that's my stance on it. And I ended up, I ended up kind of agreeing to disagree, but she she was right based on the fact that I Googled it and it said two to four days. 
And but I'm sure if you clicked another few articles, it would have said yes. after two days you're fine. And some of them said after five days, right? So at the end of it, I just I kind of gave in, but I also understand and I and I almost agree. Um, but I also really don't like the idea that it's kind of a social contract with everybody else. Like, do I expect people to do the same thing that go to the gym? Um, it's just such a, a but, gray area where, but here's the thing. Yeah. It might seem like a social contract, but it's you putting other people before yourself, not risking having someone else go through that shitty couple of days you just went through. Yes. Yeah. And that's, that's ultimately the reason I didn't go, of course. Um, so it, it, in a sense, not to come at you here, it seems kind of selfish to go knowing you're risking giving whatever sickness you had to somebody else. And that's exactly the main point. It's that feeling of guilt associated with sickness and whatever. And, and then it just, it just, so I don't deal very well with with the gray, murky areas, especially with morality. And it got me into a place where I wanted to argue. And again, it's not it's not about Tika. It's about the whole the whole viewpoint. But if that's your viewpoint, that a person is doing something bad by doing that, then why wouldn't you go to the the extreme and say, well, you can't really be safe until two weeks after. So am I really okay to go to the gym today? Am I really okay to go to the gym next week? If the whole logic behind not going is that you're putting other people at risk, then why am I okay to go tomorrow? Um, and why aren't there stricter guidelines, things like that? I just I really don't like the grayness of it and, and the feeling of guilt associated with going, but then, oh, it's okay. You understand what I'm saying? I do get what you're saying, but it's almost like a, all right, so your cough is almost gone. It's still there, right? Maybe tomorrow it'll be almost minuscule. Yep. The further you push it, the less likely you are to spread it. And just to be clear, we're talking about coughs in here. We're not talking about COVID in specific. Obviously, if it was COVID, different fucking story. So Neil Young, don't come at us. Well, let's um, just change it to COVID because I think it's even it's it's obviously a better example because it's so extreme. So let's say you did have COVID, um, and then you feel okay. What what is? I don't know. Is this a tired subject? Maybe I should just get off it. I mean, it depends what the CDC guidelines say at the time. They switch every fucking day. Who knows? That's just, the only I just, reason. I why. just I just hate it. The problem is nobody knows the right answer. Mm-hmm. Even with regular sickness. That's why you find so many differing opinions when you Google something. Nobody knows the answer. I had a conversation today with someone. They were like, oh, hey, I finally hit my protein intake. I was souped about it. They they said I hit 135 grams of protein. That's like my goal weight. I'm trying to get there. And I said, are you sure you want to be, if you're trying to cut, you want to eat a gram of protein or consume a gram of protein per body weight, per pound rather? Mm Mm-hmm. So there's differing opinions about that online. You have to see what works for you. Everyone's body's different. I just it it depends where you're looking. What it it, it just there's no right answer to anything. So I guess it comes down to how you're feeling, 
what your symptoms are at the time. Are you coughing a lot? Is the cough almost gone? It's just like a residual. <clears throat> then yeah, you're probably fine. I, I, it's just there's no right answer. And that's the problem with trying to find this concrete answer and arguing over what the right answer is because nobody really fucking knows anything. Yeah. And I guess at the end of it, I just have to be personally thankful that my social circle, I, I, and, and again, Tika's not even, she's not giving me this on a, on a big level, but um, that I don't deal with that more because like you said, there's no right answer or whatever. If you had a social circle and a family that were on the very extreme end of things and they were making you feel very guilty or even forbidding you from doing things, that's just, uh, just even the idea of that really pisses me off. Yeah, exactly. So just understanding there's some middle ground here. Mm. Just, you know, one day off, one day extra off isn't going to kill you. If it's going to make your significant other happy, why the fuck not? You know, it's how they feel. And they, they're they portraying that to you because that's how they feel about the whole thing. Is one extra day going to kill you? No. It's just the logic behind it. Behind it. It's just... Uh... But, I mean, there's no fighting it. There's no fighting it because, like I said, nobody knows the right fucking answer. So no matter how hard you slam this he- your head against the wall, no matter what articles you cite, they're going to have an equal amount of articles that cite something that support their side of it, and there's no middle ground, so why bother? Did you end up watching the the Rogan response? Yeah, I thought it was perfect. Mm. It's ended up growing into something pretty big, huh? Yeah. I mean... He even came out and said, hey, I'm a moron. I talk to people that support both sides of it. I had someone from CNN on, a COVID doctor, telling me about their side of things. And then I had this person on who said the other side of things. I'm just someone who wants to have conversations with these people and hear their side of it. He's never had an agenda. He literally supported Bernie Sanders. Everyone's like, he's far right. He was a Bernie Sanders supporter. He said Barack Obama was the best president we ever had. Like, he doesn't have an agenda. It's very you know? interesting. It, it's it says a lot about what's going on right now that he's getting it, such backlash. And that meme, that meme you sent this morning was yep. so perfect. I sent it to another friend. Like the second I woke, it was like six thirty. I was like, I gotta send this to someone else. He he'll get this one hundred percent. It's so true. You're talking about the one where uh, both both sides are making right. good points, and then they push him to the other side and said, "Why are you supporting the bad guys?" It's that's just how it is, but it, it's. I thought he he was. <laughs> I, it's funny because I almost commented on the video, because he had referenced like one of the artists he had brought up in his little talk there. He referenced one of their songs, and it wasn't one of their songs. And I wanted to comment more information, more misinformation from Joe Rogan. That's not uh, one of her songs, <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't. A little bit um, of sarcasm. Yeah, it's just funny. Like, more misinformation. You're an asshole. It's not their song. But um, there's he doesn't have a side or an agenda. He's just talking to people from both sides and, you know, getting their opinion on it. Because, like I said earlier, does anybody really fucking know anything? I'm just interested in which way public opinion is, is going to go. Because one kind of positive thing that came out of the Rogan thing is you're seeing more because because what we've discussed 
is how a lot of people are afraid to actually view their opinion. And you've got both sides very strong. And then you've got so many people, uh, and you and I are included, except for when we talk honestly here. But we're largely, most people are largely afraid or, or they just go with whatever. They don't really have an opinion. But the Rogan thing has brought more people out and, and some people are supporting him. Some people are against him. But like John Stewart gave, uh, gave a response to in a podcast he was doing. And I can uh, only imagine what John Stewart said about it. Yeah, it was pretty good. But, there, but there's really? been a lot of people kind He's of voicing their support. No, super smart. But I'm just interested in which which way this is going to go. If there's going to be more, yeah, I just I, th I think a lot of people are sick of what's going on, and are they going to have any power in in where this goes? Little side note about John Stewart: what he did for the 9/11 first responders, amazing. What did he do? He really fought some bill that was passed to take care of the people that are suffering medical conditions from being on the front lines after what happened during 9-11. Hmm. Just continued medical coverage. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like to say that with everything, I'm pretty sure. Because I remember there was that famous picture of him after the bill got passed in the courtroom. State, I, don't, I, don't, I don't fucking know, but him just having this smirk on his face. And the guy that was against what he was pushing for walking by with his head down. Um, it was just awesome. But huh. Yeah, um, I googled it. Like he you said, I, re I really don't know where it's going to go. But go yeah, please prove my point. Uh, back me up a little bit here because I'm stupid. Well, I didn't know. Well, he's not any sort of a politician. Or was he supposed to be? I kind of remember he was. No, he he had that late night talk show where he would talk a little bit about this, a little bit about yeah, that. yeah. But but he made a and he bill. Would have strong opinions. Yeah, when you said that, I thought, oh, that's probably not right. But but it looks like he he did write a bill, I think. Or no, I think he supported the bill. Yeah, he supported the bill. He was a very. He was like the biggest advocate for like as far as public figures go. He was on the front lines of getting the support for these people. No, yeah, that that guy's great. I, I just remember, I can't remember anything. And he's so funny, but yeah, it's, it's smart and funny and and not afraid to say what he thinks. And he just he he definitely was uh, labeled as as a left guy, and he he probably was more than more than right. Yeah, but, I th but he I wasn't he, was. uh, he wasn't afraid to say things about everybody. Yeah, exactly. But to your point earlier, as far as you're not sure where all this is going to go, if anything comes from it, I just hope having open debates without being afraid of being canceled, deplatformed, cast as a villain is more normalized again. Yeah. But who the fuck knows? I mean, we'll see. It's heated, huh? It is. And I mean, we've talked about it before. There's like this huge... Actually, no, I'm not going to... Yeah. <laughs> I kind of had the same feeling. I was, was going to... I'm like, yeah, it's, it's enough. Yeah, maybe we'll pivot a little bit here. Um, so I guess we'll kind of pivot a little bit. You know, you, you said you hurt your ankle, you got sick, you've lost a little momentum at the gym. Overall... You know, 
How are you doing? How is Kyle? Eh, a little disappointed in myself. I um, I kind of made a promise to myself, and and I said it to a couple people. I was like, I'm gonna do better. Uh, and I just meant I was going to try harder in life. Like I was going to find work, start writing more. Um, and I really believed in it. Um, but the, 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 the sickness came at the worst moment because it was like right when I decided to do that. But then anyway, all those plans I had kind of, it was almost like getting sick gave me an excuse not to do any of that stuff. And then I felt like I went in the opposite direction. Like I, I had a, I had a tiny inkling uh, of momentum and then it just went away and then i uh, i just feel like a piece of shit right now well the beauty of life is as cliche as this sounds you can start whenever you're ready it sounds so cliche but you're not at a point where you have to make a change or you're gonna be in turmoil you're right it's just i always feel and this this is illogical. It doesn't really fit reality. But I always feel like I'm fighting this war against myself. And that uh, I, th I think I heard this idea that ended up being a little bit toxic for me. But it's this idea that it, in self-improvement and, and momentum and all that, you're never staying the same. Anything you do, you're either going forward or you're moving backwards. And I think, I think there's some truth to it. Probably not as much truth as I give it. But what it makes me feel is that whenever I'm not doing the right thing, that I'm doing the absolute wrong thing. And I, I give myself more guilt. Um, and like I, like I said, I think that's become toxic. So, so anyway, I have this idea that, well, I was supposed to be moving in the right direction. And now the last few days, I've been moving in the wrong direction. And it makes me feel just worse and worse on a daily date basis. So it's like... It's like I have to turn it around or I'm just spiraling. And it, it's really not that dramatic, but it, it feels like that sometimes. Yeah, so I feel like that ideology is toxic in a way because you're highlighting, I'm going backwards. All right, I'm not doing this. I'm going backwards. And that's not helping your overall drive to say, hey, I'm going to go do better you know, you're digging yourself deeper in a ditch. It might work for some people where it motivates them immediately, but for others, that seems like something that'll just put you deeper in a ditch and just, you're going to keep digging and digging until you're like, till you hit rock bottom and you say, I have to make a change now because not every move you make that's not moving forward is backwards. You could just stay stagnant, not even stagnant, but just centralized. The thing is, I think there is some truth to it. I, I just think it's, it's not as critical as I said, as I've made it out to be, but I do think there's some truth that especially when you have the desire um, to be moving in a direction and when you're not, I, I do think it gets harder day by day. For example, if I turn it around, so to speak today, uh, especially uh, the gym's a great example because everybody has this experience where every day you don't do it. It, I think it, it does get less likely that you will do it. And, and that's how you end up in one of those ruts where you just stop going entirely is because if you bit the bullet and went, then you're going to be more likely to go again. 
But again, to reiterate, every day you don't, it kind of adds momentum in the wrong direction. And it, it's, it's not to say that you can't turn it around, but I, I do think it makes it less likely. Well, it's all subjective. In the instance of the gym, yeah, it becomes less likely you're able to go, but it's because you're getting more comfortable not going. Exactly. And not going to the gym doesn't necessarily make you a piece of shit. You can still be happy and not go to the gym. And at the end of the day, your overall goal in life is to remain happy and just content with what you're doing in life. Even if going to the gym isn't part of that, as long as you're enjoying what you're doing, it's not a huge deal. You sound like you've just been to therapy recently. I go again tomorrow. Uh-huh. I haven't gone in a little bit. But no, it's been like two weeks, three weeks, I think. We're go- I'm going less frequently now. It was a weekly thing, but now it's a, you know. Well, that was, that was some wise stuff weeks. you said, and I, I think you're absolutely right about all of it. It's kind of uh, I, I made a note to you that I wanted to do a singly negative about this idea. And um, it's basically that we, we all have these thought patterns that we base our beliefs and our actions around. And many of them serve us, but then some of them don't serve us anymore. And what you just did essentially was you cut down a few of mine. Um, and in some of them, I, I, I already know they're not right, but they're still there. And the process of removing those, if you could do it fully, would, would be very beneficial. But a, but a couple of mine that I, that I do have on a deep level are, are that. The, the one I mentioned is that if you're not moving forward, you're moving backwards. And then another one, I'm a piece of shit if I don't go to the gym. And then even another one that you implied, but you didn't say outright, is like, I can be happy or I can't be happy unless I'm doing the right things. So there's there's three kind of deep beliefs that they don't serve me. Um, and I, I would like to get rid of them. So that that's kind of the the topic that I I wanted to dive into on the on the singly negative. Do, do you ever think about about that? Like the the beliefs that you have that are serving you and those that aren't serving you? Yes. And when you get into those beliefs that are serving you and, you know, say, for instance, me with jujitsu, I stopped going for a while. I did go this week. You know, I'm exercising more and stuff this week. Jujitsu, soccer, boxing, Um, getting back into the flow of things. And I used to really, really beat myself up about not going to these things. Right. So I would be really upset. Like I haven't gone to jujitsu in like a couple of weeks, almost a month now. Now it's a couple months. And I'd really beat myself up over it because at a certain point in time in my life, those things were serving me. And I made a big deal about not going because I know how beneficial those things were for me. Now, it's not a huge problem that I'm getting away from those things because I have other things in my life now that are serving me. But in my head, those things were good for me in the past, so it's hard for me to let those things go, and I feel like I yep. have to do those things. But you don't necessarily have to do those things. You have other things that are filling that void. Yeah. Those things might be gone, but it's hard to let them go because it was ingrained in you. That was something you did. That was something that made you feel better. So even if you have other things that are filling that void and those things are out of it, you still feel like you need those other things as well, but you really don't because something yep. else is there filling you. It's whatever's making you happy in the moment. 
those uh, those ideas that I'm talking about are so important for me to examine personally. I think probably a lot of people, but I can only speak for myself. But it's uh, and, and that comes with meditation and and uh, psychedelics too. I I found mushrooms in the past to be really beneficial because they kind of remove all of those pretty much all of your thinking for a short period of time. And then when they start coming back, you're in this, well, I was in a state of confusion a couple of times. Like, wait, why do I think that? And it forces you to really re-examine those things and it, it breaks them down. But, uh, but, but for me, when, when I'm not examining myself, those are really bad for me. And, and I feel like uh, recently uh, I've gotten a little bit out of control with, not matching up to my own ideals because I'm a little bit of a perfectionist, especially with my own uh, self-improvement struggles. So um, I, I can really hurt myself over those things, and I, I got to take a look at them. And I feel like the important thing there is, you know, when you're in that state of confusion and you say, why do I care about that? And then you kind of let it go for a little bit. The fact that they're coming back tells you that those truly are super important to you. And it's something yep. you should focus on. And that's where the tough part comes in is getting the momentum to start doing those things again. But if it is something you truly believe that you need in your life and you need to focus on, you're going to do it. That's the hope. So it's kind of taking all of, yeah, it's how, how important is it actually to you if you're not doing it? Well, that's, uh, that, that's a tough question because I think it, it can be extremely important even if you're not doing it there's just that struggle um and i was thinking about david goggins when you're talking about all that because i think i think that's what makes him so insane i think he has the same belief that i do uh especially regarding exercise but he takes it to the absolute extreme and i think that's what makes him so insane and that's not something i uh i envy at all i do not want to be like that but i think that's I think that's what causes that. No. But all of us in our head are like, oh, he can do it. I can do it too. I can be just like that. But we're not all wired that way and we're not all as gung-ho about it and willing to sacrifice as much as he has to be there. And, and the consequences around it too because I think what what makes him do it and what gives him that uh, that spirit – is that he has that idea, that belief deeply ingrained in him. Doing exercises is good. Not doing it is you're a piece of shit. And uh, I think if he were to miss a workout, he would commit suicide maybe. You know, that, that's a little bit ridiculous, but you get what I'm saying. Um, yeah, he would really beat himself up over it. And that could come from, not to sound, uh, yeah, childhood trauma. Yeah, I thought that too. You're not doing this, you're failing. You're doing this, you're good. The whole, you know, reward yep. system there. You're a piece of shit if you don't do this. Oh, you did this? Great job. Oh, okay, so when I do this, I hear a great job. I want to hear a great job more often. I don't want to be scolded. So I'm just going to do what makes me hear the words great job. Those things get so sticky when you're an adult and, and nobody's nobody really cares anymore, right? Nobody cares. <laughs> yeah, nobody cares. And that's what makes it hard to keep going yeah. and doing these things because no one's saying, hey, Kyle, you went to the gym today. You're looking good. Great job. No, nobody cares. Yeah, you're not getting that treat anymore. No one's rewarding you for your behavior. You just have to do that as an adult 
and tell yourself that's so critical that that goes back to this idea i've I've had um about this uh i had it during the baseball talk we were talking about earlier and then uh i've discussed it with tika and in relationships and stuff i those situations where you have let's say the the right action and the wrong action and when you do the right action it's expected so you get no benefit You're, you're not praised but when you do the wrong action you're a piece of shit. I think those situations are so dangerous and awful when you're just expected to do the right thing. So, so there's no benefit to be had, but there's all the downside. Um, and I think this largely plays out in my head uh, with with everything. But um, but but it can exist in in, in everything, right? In in your work, in your relationships, your friendships. With, with family members, with, with, with everything. Yeah. When you have that dynamic where you're expected to do the right thing and there's, there's no benefit if you actually do it, there's only downside, especially in careers, right? I, I felt that as an employee a lot of times. I feel like it comes down to, you know, when you start growing older, you do what you're supposed to do. And if you don't do what you're supposed to do, you're, you know, talked mm-hmm. about it, you're scolded for it. You're not going to get praise for the things you're supposed to do anymore. So it's like a dog. In order to get Ollie to sit, I used to have to give him a treat. Now I can get him to sit just by saying sit or mm-hmm. giving him a hand signal. Even though not all the time he's going to get a treat. He knows now that's just what he's And he's an asshole do. if he doesn't sit. Before he would... <laughs> yeah, and before he would do it, yeah. only if I had food in my hand. And now he does it without the food in his hand. Like when I was talking to the trainer... He said, treat every single time. And then later on in the training, he said, okay, have him sit. Don't give him a treat because you don't want him to expect a treat every time. Same thing with us as humans. We have to wean ourselves off of getting those treats and just doing what we're supposed to do. Be compliant. Get the booster. I I wonder if Ollie (laughs) has an existential (laughs) crisis about this like I do. And he's like, I don't get the treat anymore. Why am I sitting? It just struggling about this. Yeah, what, what yeah. The I think fuck it's am so I important. He's just a super yeah. critical thinker. I think it's so important to somehow build that in for ourselves and for other people. We we really have to appreciate to think. Yeah. Why am I doing this? Well, you mean the the reward or or the praise or something like uh, like we really have to appreciate people when they do the right thing for us. And we really have to appreciate ourselves when we do the right thing because it, just going back to the gym example, that's that's what it has become with me. When I go to the gym, I don't really give myself much praise. I just say, well, I did what I was supposed to do. Um, and I, I think I have, I got to be better with that. Yeah. And that's important because I think you even giving yourself that praise is going to give you that same – Oh, I did the right thing. This is awesome. I'm I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm doing what I yeah, want. It becomes to do. a more positive thing. It's going to make yeah. you want to do it more. Yeah. I think most people struggle with that. You're not alone there. I I struggle with it myself. Just saying, "Oh, hey, you did this. That's pretty that's pretty fucking awesome. Keep doing that." I mean, you feel good. You did the right thing. Keep and in relationships it. too. And a lot of people struggle with in that. In relationships too. I th- I think um yeah. You can take each other for granted. And uh, maybe this person is doing so many things for you, but it's just kind of expected. And, and then they do something that 
you don't like and you and you get so mad because you have these expectations but it should it should be the opposite um and uh i i definitely got to think about that more too and i i I do too i think that's why saying thank you um and appreciating people for things is, is so important because when you end up in that opposite situation is that's what i view like real and unhealthy marriages especially I, I feel like i see that in extremely long-term relationships when people don't appreciate each other anymore they just they only see the downside that that's the whole theme of what i'm talking about only seeing the downside not seeing the upside yeah because all these positive things just become routine and expected and if exactly. it's not done it's a problem like michelle makes mm-hmm. my lunch for me every day for work and I appreciate yep. that so much. So I make sure I say thank you. And if she doesn't pack my lunch, that's fine. You are busy. I understand there's no time. I'm an adult. I can pack my own lunch. I understand that I can do those things. But she does it because she cares. But it's not one of those things where I'm going to get upset if my lunch isn't packed in the morning. Where the fuck's my lunch? I'm not going to be that guy. <laughs> Hit her? Yes. No, obviously not. <laughs> Jake, and you said you're gonna bury me if I ever, whatever. Don't, don't. But no, it's one of those things where there are some people in a situation similar to me where, oh, my wife makes my lunch. She doesn't make her lunch. Where the fuck were you with my lunch? That's listen. You're an adult. Make your own lunch. Like I can. Like I'm capable. You are capable. It's like you cited in the long-term marriages where people just get comfortable. It's because the extra that's getting done for you on a daily basis becomes expected. Yep. And when those expectations aren't met, it's a problem and you get upset and you're dissatisfied. You have to understand that these expectations sometimes can't be met every day and that's okay. There's another idea too that goes along with this and uh it's one of those things that I heard in, in self-help stuff but um the idea was that we're addicted to our own emotions. So if you're a person that's always happy, then you're, you're in a way you're addicted to happiness and you're going to find the positive and everything. Whereas if you're feeling negative, you're going to look for reasons to feel negative. And, uh, I think that's part of it too. And that's so true because how many times have you just been in a bad mood and something so minor happens and you just get so much more upset over it? I, uh, I've made some big mistakes like that recently. Yeah. Yeah. Like if I'm upset, I like listening to sad music. Like right. give me more of the feels. Get me really upset. Get me really upset. Like if I'm going to feel this, yep. I want to feel it to the max. Put on the bright eyes. So, yeah. Oh, bright eyes. Wow. Oh yeah. Dashboard That's confessional. <laughs> and And his voice just makes it so much more. Yeah. As corny as it sounds, Juice World is the yeah. sad stuff for me lately. Dude, he put out a well, he didn't put out, he's dead. A new album came out with his music. <laughs> and the single on it is called Already Dead. Oh, that's man. the single they released for a Dead Guys album. But that's I mean, that's that was the name How did of the that song. Happen? He's been dead for like so a like, year. Yeah, right? let's just do the But he has yeah, I mean with musicians they have so much music that's just recorded and not released so they just put an album together and you know threw it out that's pretty crazy especially the name of that song yeah and he he talks a lot about just like being dead 
on the album. <laughs> and it's like, oh, no, you are. And it makes it so much sadder. That brings um, back um, memories of our very early podcasts when we went off. Did, did we end up? We, we didn't release that one, right? We were both wasted. I think that was the it was like a St. Patrick's Day and we recorded an episode drunk. And by the end of the episode, we were really drunk. And then we were like, let's let's take a break and we're going to talk about what we're going to talk about. And then we talked about it and then we started recording and I I was blacked, <laughs> blacked out up. for, I want to say, 99% of the episode. And we <laughs> were like, not good. Uh, we were pretending <laughs> to know what happened with Juice World. We were going off on all these theories and I had only heard of the guy. <laughs> I had only heard of the guy like a half yeah. an hour prior. Like 10 you minutes before. You had just before. told me who he was yeah. and I was saying why he was dead. It was, it was ridiculous. Just totally irresponsible. We've come a long way as people and podcasters. I like think so. Yeah, and we were like, we can't. I remember listening to it the next day. Jake was like, he sent over like the the clip edited together and I listened to it and I, was, and I just hear it in my voice. Uh, welcome <laughs> to uh, episode uh, two of Double Negative. I was like, J- we can't release this. I didn't get like five minutes into it before I said no. You couldn't not even a chance listen to I could it, put right? this out to the public. No, it was. I was. I had cringe, like douche chills going down my spine. I was like, I can't. We cannot uh, put this out ever for the world to hear. Well, that's uh, that's a great opportunity for it us was, to promote our upcoming drunk cast. Uh, what what number is this? Oh yes, forty. This seven. Oh, uh, so we still have a couple to go. So when did we want to well, do the drunk? Cast? It was mentioned as this number fifty. Uh, I think. Yeah. All right. So we'll do fifty. I want Jake involved. Also, speaking of Jake. Oh, all right. Bone to pick. So, you know, we get to jujitsu. I show up Tuesday, pumped. I'm there, ready to go. And someone walks in, they go, oh, hey, Chris, how's it going? I haven't seen you in a while. I was like, yeah, you know, I've just been you know, doing my own thing. And Jake said, why do you think he's so fat? Oh, ouch. And then he made another fat joke later. Ouch. And I don't know if he was using this as uh, like motivation for me, yep. but uh, it hit me deep. Have you already discussed it with him or is this the first time he's hearing of it? Nope. He's going to hear this while he's editing. Oh, man. Well, I know you, and and Jake should too. He, he's he's listened to a lot of. Well, he actually participated in that discussion too, about the body shaming. He and all knows that. how he knows. sensitive I am. He knows. He's edited multiple podcasts of me being depressed and worried about my weight, and he just comes and calls me fucking fat. Well, think about how uh, upset you got when somebody just called you big guy, which isn't even a direct. You don't even know if he was talking about your weight, but Jake just came out. What did he say exactly? Someone said, "Hey, I haven't seen you in a while." I was like, why do you think he got so fat? Oh, man. Ouch. Yep. Yeah. And um, just want to say, caught him with an arm bar. Oh, Not did you have some deal. extra anger going into that arm bar? No, it was all friends, all love. I know he doesn't mean it. It's Jake. I know Jake doesn't mean it. He's my boy. I love Jake. Is there any reason? Res- I hope he loves me. No. No? No. And I'm sure once he hears this, he'll say, hey, Chris, I didn't, I wasn't. It was kind of a motivation tactic. You know, I don't mean anything by it. And I know he doesn't. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I know he doesn't. But, but it still doesn't feel good, right? Doesn't, but caught him with an arm bar. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Hadn't gone a month, caught him with an arm bar. So you're, uh, you're giving him a little bit of shame back. You're saying, hey, 
you suck because I haven't been in so long. You're supposed to be better than me. And I, I broke your arm. He did tap me multiple times after, but caught him with an arm bar. Okay, well, that's I good. I do have 50 pounds on the kid at least. Caught him with an arm bar. Did you guys ever, I think you had this uh, idea to record your rolling sessions. I don't know if you ever did it, but I'd love to see that. I got to get back into the flow a little bit before I get to watch Jake massacre me on fucking video. What's the ratio of uh, of subs? Like let, you tap him once every five or every ten or what? I'd probably say once every five. Yeah. Once I get in better shape, who the fuck knows? Once mm. I get back into the flow of thing, who knows? Keep mm-hmm. in mind, I have a huge weight advantage on the kid. That's why weight classes were invented. How huge? So uh, he's um, he's put on a little weight. Good weight, Jake. I'm not shaming like you shame. Uh. But I want to say he's put on good weight. Kid's getting muscular. Um Obviously, I'm taller. I got a height advantage and a weight advantage. So there are certain situations that I even noticed while I was rolling with him where I was able to just like use my fat strength and move him. Well, g- give me an estimate. So, are we talking 20 pounds, 40 pounds, 50 pounds, 100 pounds? I want to say 35 to 40 pounds. What do you weigh in these days? 215. I'm up there. <laughs> I, got, I got fat, Kyle. I got fat. And that's why Jake called me fat. Uh, you're a big boy, huh? Yeah, but I'm I'm working on it. What's your uh, What's your lifetime high? This. Really? Yep. Uh, but you're feeling but okay. I feel like I. I feel like I don't look as fat as I was in high school, though, because there was a point in high school where I was like way fluffier, but not as tall, not as much muscle. So I looked fatter then, but I'm at my all-time heavyweight now. Mm-hmm. But I'm working on it. I, I also wanted to ask, I don't know, it's been a really long time since you powerlifted, right? Yeah, I just, um, I was thinking about going back to lifting and not doing jujitsu, but I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with jujitsu. Well, I was wondering, if you went into the gym today and wanted to squat, like, uh, it's probably an impossible question to answer, but do you think, what, what do you think you could do? I mean, I've taken a long time off before and then was able to do 225 for a three by five. And that's uh, I'm sure you're not that's not your absolute max, but that's what that's what feels it's starting to feel difficult at that point, right? Uh, Yeah, it was like it was a hard leg workout and I was, was. But I mean, to be fair, not lifting for over like two years and I was still able to get 225 up 15 times is not not too shabby. Yeah, that's one of the benefits of uh, of doing anything in the first place. And I've mentioned this in the podcast before, but that's uh, the long distance running thing for me is I, I can I cannot train in forever and, and and still run five seven miles pretty pretty easy. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So you're not going to lose that. Uh, I'm sure you're always going to well, unless in extreme cases, but you're always going to be able to pick up where you left off. So that's one of the benefits of not- just doing it in the first place. Yeah, it's not even so much picking up where I left off, but I'll be able to pick it up faster at a higher starting point. Definitely. Yeah, you'd, you'd rapidly get back to where you were, muscle memory type thing. Yeah, exactly. And not to mention the form's still fucking clean. I'm sure it is. Yeah, but that's... uh, Maybe I'll get back to it in the future. Who knows? Focusing on jujitsu, soccer, you know, my VR boxing. That's what I'm doing for exercise now. Sounds good to me. 
Yeah, so working on it. Going to be less fat, but got that momentum going, so I'm going to keep it going. Yep. Still haven't smoked weed, by the way, now that we're an hour and a half in. Is that, that's a while, right? A month? Uh, December 17th, I think. Wow. You, you don't want to? No, it was December 10th. Wow. Weed. That's a long time. Yeah, just haven't. You don't want to? But, no, it's not that I don't want to. It's just, uh, let's see where I can go. Let's see how far I can take it. All right. Yeah. That's about it. I would love to if I had some. Yeah, me too. I mean, I still have my bowl on my desk here that I think has weed in it. Hold on. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, and it smells good. I'm going to put that down. So what are you doing? Remind me. I I actually forget why why you're not. Can't really say it on the air. Oh, okay. Off the podcast then in a minute. Yeah, but I'll tell you more off air. But hey, Kyle, any closing words? We've been going for almost an hour and a half now. This is going to be a long, juicy one. This was a really fun one. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, no, I got nothing. A little reminiscing, a little introspective, in- introspection, interest, made up words. I'm back. Um, yeah, I got nothing. So thanks for listening. Subscribe. Blah 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 blah. Thank you. Bye. This is life being bound to love.